We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws of monkey sounds in there are called good. The old Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday, Rip City. Ah, Dusty Hera, Danny Meringue with you on this beautiful Thursday afternoon in portland oregon the blazers are playing today they bring in the brooklyn nets what a day it is i saw actually the the trade the, the, the trade rumors are already kicking up i saw uh, a headline but was it the bleacher report did you get this push alert on your Which phone one? Uh, bleacher report said he hasn't re-requested a trade yet, but here are the potential landing sites for Kevin Durant once he does. Well, let's be honest. The uh, article he did with Chris Haynes was him requesting another trade. <laughs> it's, it's what it was. It would be, it'd be kind of interesting if Sean Marks was able to just clear his hands mm. of all of this. Yeah, Kind of get back to where he was, get rid of Kyrie, Get rid of Simmons, get rid of KD, just stockpile assets and be like, hey, remember that thing I did where I made us a good team and I got us all, like, got us at a good spot? But they were tracking to be a really good team when they had young Jarrett Allen, they had Karis Levert, like, they were Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie Joe Harris. Like, yeah. They found guys in the second round, and that was with the no white assets. guy from Wenatchee, Joe <laughs> Harris, who just dropped bombs. But they. <laughs> They did that with no assets. Yeah. Like, it was incredible work done by the development staff. Yes. And incredible work done by the front office of, of identifying things. It's a, it was a bigger version of what you saw here in Portland when the cupboards were bare this last year. Yeah. Look where they are a year later. And that's kind of what the, the Nets did. They, they got the cupboard full again, and that's how they were able to have the cap space and uh, massage trades and bring in all those guys. The problem was... You allowed one of them to bring in DeAndre Jordan, their friend, and oh. trade Jared Allen and fire your good coach and Ooh. then make very bad decisions at one after another after that because you had your flat earth bleeding point guard and an owner eating out of his hand. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah, it happens. That's a lot of sport talking to go on. You know what? When you said Sean Marks, you know what that reminded me of? Kiwi? He's Australian. Or is he New Zealand? I think he's New Zealand. He's, in, he's a Kiwi. He's a I'm, New Zealander. I'm almost certain he's a Kiwi. I always forget, and then I hear him talk, and I go, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I think if I were to have one accent. New Zealand. It would be it would be Australian accent. Like, and you're, you want the overtly Australian, not like a subtle little something yeah. on the back. No, yeah. But well, no. No, I want, no, just, I think it, it's you want the sneaky. Subtle? I want the sneaky, just oh, okay. a twinge where they're like, oh. What was that? Oh. Oh. When, when, every now and then you drop a mate. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good on you, mate. Exactly. Like you just kind of, it just kind of slides in and out. And that is, that's one that um, chicks dig. Chicks dig the Australian accent. You know they don't like? The English one. Like British English? Yeah, yeah. When when you drop a bruv. When you you drop a bruv. Bruv. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, think it depends if it's if the if it's the classy one or like, you know, the cockney. Yeah, the cockney one, you, yeah, when you're going that's a little Dick off-putting. Van Dyke Mary Poppins, then you're like, Okay, bud, <laughs> simmer down. Listen, yeah. if you're from if you're from Birmingham, England, it's not a great look for you. No. It's, it never is. Look, if you're from Birmingham anywhere, Alabama, that's true. England, I Birmingham, mean, like, yeah, yeah. To be honest, it's 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 the 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 names that we stole from England and imported into the U.S. Birmingham, York, like yeah. they typically come with really obnoxious accents. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm gonna throw that out there. I don't know. Southern accent is probably close second for me. Well, there's various. Like you need to, you absolutely need to specify which one, because Southern accent can also be Cajun. Yeah, and that is not okay. No, Cajun accent's cool, too. I mean, Cajun accent is not cool, like, if you're uh, trying to get ladies. But if you're trying to, like, hang out with the bros, if a dude comes up with a Cajun accent, you're having a great night. Well, I Cajun, guarantee you, you are getting hammered drunk. Cajun accent is great if you're trying to confuse somebody because they always sound like they got a mouthful of peanut butter. Yes. Yes. What? A mouthful of peanut butter? Yeah. It's just, you know, well, like crawdads. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> you can dip a crawdad in some peanut butter, too. I love Joe, that that scene in Joe Dirt where he's out in front of his house in Louisiana. What? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> no, man. No. <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat it. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to say it. It, it was. It's one of those scenes where you just sit there and like Joe Dirt of all people, just how dumb he is. He's like, no, home is where, where you, you make, make it. <laughs> oh. oh. Home is where you make it. Yeah. What do you think of him, man? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. <clears throat> there we go. That's uh, talking accents, too. I will say this. The mm. more alcohol you pour in me, the more Texan I become. Okay. That's good. Yeah, sure. I, I guess the formative drinking years were spent in Texas, so that, that is, like, embedded in me. Yeah. Well, that happens from right? time to time. It's yeah. fun. So I get, I get a lot of reckons and y'alls. Reckons? I, you you I, say I reckon, huh? Oh, reckon, y'all. I start getting a, sl- a little bit of a drawl. Okay. Yeah, Talk. my wife, if she's had a couple, the Minnesota starts to come out. In her. Ooh, oh, she's yeah. from Minnesota. That may be, uh, I love your wife, that may be the most annoying accent. It's all. up there. Because everybody, oh, everybody's, don't you know. oh, yeah, everybody's don't an you octave know. up. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, you betcha. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're just so damn kind. Yeah, you're so kind. You know, you're just going to have go out there and have a good grand old time, though. Mm-hmm. Thank you, though. I, I yeah. appreciate it. A lot of though. Though, though, and it is, it's like it doesn't finish the word. It drives me insane. Though, okay, put the on the back of it. All right, how's everybody doing today? Everybody going? Everybody doing well? Jeff Russ here. Sorry, we Hello. didn't inter- introduce you, Russ. To Ciao, Russ. belly, belly, huh? Yeah, right. that's the plural yeah. for bellow. Yeah. It just sounded very white. If you didn't know. No. I, Chow belly. Guys, I've run into an issue here. <laughs> it fits the two of us too. Yeah, so, you, know. you know. Uh. It's, you you speak in Italian over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I found myself in a rabbit hole down music. You, you heard the new song uh, "Bagan" from Mainskin. Have you heard that? No. It's uh, Frankie Valentine in the was that a seasons. Mad Lib you just did? Yeah, yeah I, I know. He, he made that up every yeah. Step no, of the way. it's it, it. There's a there's a song out. It's a bag. It's a it's a, a remake of the Four Seasons. I'm Bagan, Bagan you. Okay. And it's from this Italian band called Mainskin. And 
I started listening. Like I went on my Amazon Music and I started listening to Mainskin. I know it sounds like it's a perverted band title, and it may be. But here's where I'm running into an issue. They are an Italian band. They have like three songs that are in English, and I actually like this band. I like I'm 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 liking I like their music because it's like it's kind of like a throwback rock and roll, but it's they have modern twists to all their songs, right? And I as I'm listening, I get past the three songs that are in English, and then I realize halfway through the fourth song, I don't know what this guy is saying because he's speaking Italian now. And I ran into it as like, I really enjoy this music, but what on earth am I listening to? And it really didn't matter because I still like the music. And then I started going down, what if this is problematic, all this music that I'm listening to? Yeah, and I just have no into. idea. Yeah. You, like, yeah. Um, the one that always, that people, when they found out, like, oh, well, I mean, that makes sense. But like, uh, Ramstein, Duhost, yeah. you hate. Sure. You hate me. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. But it, I mean, yeah. but you can tell by the anger behind it, like, that probably not. Well, positive. In defense of Rammstein, all Germans sounds angry. It does. Like even when like the the nicest kind is, you know, yeah. Ein, 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 it's it's angry, you know. Uh, but on your point, Bad Bunny, who I think is maybe a little bit more mainstream than Bad Bunny. Oh well, yeah, he's in that Corona commercial. Yes. Uh, he took over the charts globally, and it's not English at all. Yeah. But again, it. I think we let that one you're, you're, is a little less problematic just because you, just the feel of it. Yes, <laughs> it's more upbeat. Yeah, you know. I mean, they're not telling you're probably not going to you know beat somebody up to, to a bad bunny song. It also made me think of this, like when you hear the guy sing in English, he sounds like he's a British rocker. You know, he's he's got that. He, he just sounds like he's got a little British accent to him mm -hmm. when he's singing in English. And then I was going, how dumb are Americans? Like, this guy is, he was born, and I, I went into their Wikipedia page. He was, like, born and raised in Rome. His, he, he didn't come from, like, a, a, a rich family. His, his, both of his parents were flight attendants. So he kind of traveled, but with his parents who were flight attendants. And he speaks English fluently, Italian, Spanish, and French. And I'm just sitting there like, okay. Like, and I, I get the romantic languages are all very similar, Spanish, mm -hmm. French, and Italian. But I'm just sitting there, and I, I'm listening to this guy sing in English, and he's using slang, and it sounds, like, better than most Americans speak mm -hmm. <laughs> English in, in his sentence structure and just the way he talks. I'm going, yeah, this is setting us back a few years. Yeah, we're, we're dumb. Yeah. It's always, it's always really interesting, when, especially from that part of the world, because they're all yeah. exposed to the different languages in such a tight area. Um, Metal Monday, we have uh, Bullet for My Valentine. There's a couple songs in the rotator, right? Um, I, I've brought them up before. They're not uh, American English. Mm. They're Welsh. Welsh. Okay. A Welsh. language. Have you ever heard Welsh spoken yes. out, outside yeah. of like Wrexham? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. It is, I mean, it's, it's known for words that are a mile long. Yeah. That language sounds like English words were thrown in a wood chipper. And then just you kind of guess the syllables. Yeah. And yet their music, there's not a hint in it that it's not some dude from Iowa. <laughs> like it, it, it's it, the first time oh, I God. ever heard them talk because the way they sing, like there's 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 two different singers. There's a, there's a guy who does the screaming and yelling and there's a guy who who does the harmonics. Neither version sounds like a guy from Wales. Huh. It's such a like 
to wrap your head around that, like you hear them do their concert. Like I was watching a behind the scenes or like doc on them once. And I had no idea they get off stage and it turns into full Welsh. And I was like, wait, did somebody dub this? Just that's, that's such the, it's the weirdest thing ever. I remember as a kid always being flabbergasted, uh, uh, hearing singers or bands talk when they weren't singing because i because mm-hmm. you don't hear yeah because you don't hear the accent in songs like when we were first hearing phil collins speak i was like whoa it's like per- why don't perfect. these accents come out in while they sing yeah i don't get it uh, we need to find that's that's something we need to find out why don't accents come out in song that's that's super interesting yeah i don't know because you're you're already altering your voice you're already altering your pitch you know is that what it Sure. I mean, is that an acceptable answer to everybody? Family Feud. We're going to put that answer on the board. <laughs> yeah. Survey says. Is the family saying good answer or no? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it seems reasonable enough. Well, uh, back in the day, too, like the late 60s, early 70s, there was an Italian like music producer who was convinced that uh, Europeans and specifically Italians would dig at, They dug anything that just kind of sounded American or yeah. like English language and was so convinced of it that he made a song. All of the lyrics were completely gibberish, and he put it out, released it, and it hit number one in the European charts. Well, wow. And it was completely gibberish. No real words, just fake stuff. Huh. Yeah. It's actually one of our bump backs. Kind of like a 99 Red Balloons. Where it's just like, right? Na, 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 99 Red Balloons. You're like, what? So there <laughs> is actually some science behind this, uh, the, the accents disappearing, particularly as it pertains to Brits and Welsh and American okay. singing. Were you just researching over there? Yes, I was. Okay. I, I, what did you find? I had to know. Yeah. So the, a lot of it has to do with because the American language is, is uh, has more airflow in it. Okay. Because it, it, British is very choppy. It, yes. Very staccato. Uh, the way we talk, it's it's a longer form, a lot more flow in how we talk. Just I mean, yeah. Just the way I intone things. Uh, so in the English version of or the American version of English, our syllables are lengthened and airflow is increased and articulation is less precise, which is almost the exact same characteristics of singing. Oh, so all okay. of the stuff that makes British English or Welsh English different drops out when they sing, which is why a hmm. guy like Phil Collins would sound exactly like somebody from Los Angeles. Bono is another one. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You know, is the, the accent that got me the most? Just, I still don't believe it, is Hugh Laurie. Oh, Hunter House? House? Yeah, because it's super high-pitched. When I heard him talk in an interview, I was like, nope. Stop, House. That's a joke, what you're doing right there. That is not the way you sound. That is not, no. Because his, his American... What in the Stuart Little is going on here? House's voice on that show is so Gravelly. distinct. Yes. And it is so unique that you go, no. No. Hugh Jackman's another one because he's got that happy... British sound, and you're yeah. like, that's not Wolverine. That's <laughs> not. Don't you? Don't you can't fool me. I Dumb question is, you. isn't he Australian? Who? Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I'm okay. saying, like, but as far as like accents, that like like completely yeah. gotcha. caught me off guard. You're like, yeah. wait, 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 wait. What is this? Yeah. Hmm. All right. That happens. That's a sweet, sweet accent talk. All right. Yeah, we got it. Uh, this text says, uh, my wife and I first heard Lady Gaga on MTV Europe. The chorus in her song was so, was so not American English. English is my wife's second language. And she says, uh, oh, no, someone needs to write songs for this girl in hipper English. Uh, I believe it's Lady Gaga. <laughs> okay, true. 
<laughs> I've heard it both ways. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. All right. Um, 503-250-1080. That is a fan text. And we've got a busy uh, show today. We've got a lot that we need to get to. We will have Antonio Morales on from The Athletic. Uh, he covers USC. Don't know if you heard of this. USC's got a pretty big game going on this weekend down in the Thanks. Rose Bowl against UCLA. A sellout of 70,000 plus. Wow. Because of lots o- of tarps. That means only 30,000 tarped seats at the Rose Bowl this weekend. <laughs> Um, we'll also have Joey Harrington on at 2 o'clock. Uh, he's going to talk to us uh, about something really cool that he's doing. Uh, I know that you guys have, have heard it on uh, Primetime with Isaac and Souk, but the Bourbon Barrel Benefit. So Joey's going to hop on with us at 2 o'clock uh, today to talk about uh, the Bourbon Barrel Benefit. Uh, but where we got to start this bad boy off is put your biases aside. What's best for the future? Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Is this your gibberish song, Rust? This is. Uh, Adriano Celentano is his name. Well, then. Didn't the bare naked ladies kind of just kind of do the same thing too? <laughs> but they actually use real words. <laughs> Are you just putting words together that sound English? Yeah, that's what he did. He's like, I'll bet I can make a hit out of this because Europeans are dumb. Okay. And he did, and they were. And his defense, Americans are dumb too. I sure. kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 503-250-1080 is the fan text on. Uh, look. It all comes down to, really, this weekend in the Pac-12. This is a crazy race that we have, um, and we're going to find out a heck of a lot about how the conference title will be determined after this week because we have a five-way, we have five teams still in play uh, to play in the Pac-12 championship game, okay? You have got Oregon, Utah, USC, UCLA, in the University of Washington, okay? Mm-hmm. All five of those programs have got a a puncher's chance at getting to the conference championship game. Obviously, uh, you have Oregon, USC, and Utah with one loss have far greater odds than, than UW and UCLA, which I think UCLA, if you look at the way the tiebreakers work, uh, there's only three options of, like, 50 um, that that will break their way. UW really only has has one, uh, which is that you know to stay alive they need Oregon to win, USC to win, and then next week have Oregon State uh, beat uh, the Ducks and I believe Cal to beat uh, UCLA. So, so you're saying there's a chance. Th- there is a chance. It's n- not a great chance. Not a great chance, but um, it's still there, and it's it's in the air for them. 
But when you look at the the best odds right now, Oregon and in Utah really do have have the best odds because they play the head to head against each other. Mm-hmm. After this weekend, it'll cut in half. If you look at the most likely scenarios as they play out, it is uh, USC playing the winner of Oregon yes. in Utah in the in the Pac-12 championship game, just because of the way that the tiebreakers will, will all sort itself out. But I ask this question here. Taking all biases aside, what is best for the conference kind of moving forward? Because... Obviously, the Pac-12 is get, garnering more respect this year than it has in years past. Six teams in the top 25 right now. Half the conference. Yeah. That's uh, good. It is good, and we are pretty late in the year for this, and usually everybody's kind of cannibalized each yes. other. They've, they've actually had a good showing in non-conference play. That's what the saved them is that basically the entire first four weeks of the season, they won every game. Yeah, yeah with the exception of Oregon, Oregon Utah. Stomped by Georgia and Utah going to the swamp and screwing themselves Imagine, over in that had, game. Imagine, if they had won those two games... If they had just win one of them. What the perception of the Pac-12 would yeah. be right now. Yeah, it, well, I mean, if Oregon wins, That's the Pac-12 I mean, like, is some sort of juggernaut on another planet right now. It would have been absolutely insane. Oh my God, what are they doing out there on the left coast? Yeah. But the way we look at it now, it is it, they still have a shot at, at the college football playoff. But with... And here's where I'm kind of torn is... Is it good for the conference to have USC, which is leaving in two years, <laughs> go to the college football playoff, or for Oregon, Utah, UW, and even Oregon State to kind of rise up and and kick both UCLA and USC down a little bit? So there's a couple different ways that I'm looking at this. One, Oregon's probably going to follow USC in a couple years. <clears throat> um, so Oregon being that team... I, as my, that's kind of been my default stance of like, yes, it's good for the Pac-12 for the for a team other than USC or UCLA to win the conference. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking about the future of the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it ends up being, it's probably Utah. Mm. Because the, the likelihood, again, is the Super Conference happening and Oregon following USC and UCLA mm-hmm. in two, three, four years, whatever that ends up being. If you want to talk about the stability of the conference going forward, perhaps Oregon doing that is enough to sway them in the automatic bid. And so I think that the the branches are there. The different paths are there. The safest bet is Utah for me. But I could see I could be talked into it being Oregon if Oregon opted to stay because the college football playoff expands and the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever it turns into, yeah. Oregon getting an automatic bid and they opt to stay Boy, here. I, th- I really do think that that is more and more the reality, mm-hmm. is that what we see is UCLA, which the Board of Regents, the UC Board of Regents, they have bumped a vote. They were supposed to vote today, mm-hmm. or there was expected in a rumor of a vote to approve UCLA to move to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That has been bumped to December 14th. It's almost like, well, let's see how they finish the season. ruh <laughs> um, And, well, Cal is still scratching and clawing to to block that move. Um, so we will see kind of where where all when all the dust settles what happens there. But the fact that a 12-team playoff is now happening 
it does seem if, if the automatic bids are there and the door is opening further and further for an auto bid from the pack, what, whatever you're going to call it, mm-hmm. whether you expand and you add San Diego State and SMU or whatever, it does kind of feel like it, it might be more advantageous just to, to stand pat out here and get that automatic bid and not go through the gauntlet of the Big Ten and do what the SEC has been doing for years, which is you have a good you have a tough conference and you have a very tough conference, but you help yourself out by not cannibalizing your, yourselves. Just enough. Just enough. And and that's the Pac-12's biggest downfall. They've, can't, they've been good enough to cannibalize each other yep. every single year. Nobody has rose above it to be like, nope, nope, kind of step on somebody else's head. You need that. Yeah. You need at least a team to step on the grave of everybody else. Like, nope, nope, you, you're peasants. Stay down there. Well, let's be honest, like, the look at the SEC East. The SEC East is doo doo. Georgia is king. Yes, <laughs> they have their fodder for a reason. <laughs> they are really damn good. The ACC is like this entirely with Clemson. That that is right. And but North Carolina is not getting any love. Like that, the no. weirdest thing right now. Super weird. Look at the resume of North Carolina mm-hmm. and the resume of USC, and they're pretty similar, including at the quarterback position. Like it's. I mean, you could argue that North Carolina has better has better wins, and the 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 interesting uh, the interesting thing there is that you probably have the two best quarterbacks in that class, but those two teams too. Hey, yeah, Drake May's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Yeah, that May family very athletic. Turns out. Uh, 503 250 1080. That is the fan text line. Um, <laughs> this text says if the Ducks go to the Big Ten, the Beavers will make the playoff before the Ducks do. Look, that if that if those super conferences happen, if those super con, well, that's a very real conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, if an automatic you, bid, yeah, and, and then you take the, because if Oregon well, goes, Washington's probably gone too. So you have Oregon, Washington, USC, um, yeah. Michigan, Ohio State. You're probably State. right. Good lord, You're probably right about that. But then the the Big Ten and the SEC would probably get each get what three? Probably get like six bids. Between the two of them. Yeah, between the two of them, there'd be 14 bids in a 12-team playoff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's an interesting thing to talk about because of how crazy everything has been right now. Now you're going to start to see kind of some lines drawn in the sand as to where where the conference Mm -hmm. is. I think I'm with get a team in the playoff and distribute that money while you can because that the playoff money is good money. Yes. And that means that more teams go to New Year's Six Bowls and you mm -hmm. distribute more wealth between the conference, and that's what they need right now. Yes. And uh, you you always want to have more more of the pie. Yep, yep. All right. We're going to find out, though. USC has got their toughest three-game stretch of the year, and it starts this weekend with UCLA. They got a trip to the Rose Bowl. Uh, It's hard to win on the road, but is it as hard to win on the road when it's in your own city? Across the street. Yeah. Antonio Morales covers USC for The Athletic. He joins us after Rust with SportsCenter. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in hot. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, we're waiting on Antonio Morales, the athletic beat rider for USC. This is a big game between the uh, Bruins and the Trojans as they have officially announced a sellout in the Rose Bowl. (laughs) 
70,000 for a place that holds 100. All right. Weird. 30,000 tarped off seats going to be there. And I'm sure it's all going to be Bruins fans. Antonio joins us now. Antonio, how you doing, man? Good, man. Just excited for this game on Saturday. It should be a good one. So looking forward to seeing uh, what the atmosphere and uh, – what the atmosphere is like, and how this game unfolds on Saturday. Look, it's been quite a few years since we've been having these conversations of USC in either the playoff or a championship terms. Is that something that Lincoln Riley and his staff are hiding away from? Is the playoff conversation, or are they taking it, you know, head on like Pete Carroll and his staff used to do, which was they they talked about you know championships and vying for championships. Uh, I think they're not making like a huge deal out of it, but I think they're also recognizing what spot they're in right now and you know the position they're in in terms of win this week and they're in the special title game and when their next two games after that, they're in the playoff likely. Um, so I, I don't think they're running away from it. I think they're recognizing what spot they were in a year ago, uh, yeah. just winning four games. <laughs> um, and now the back of last chance at a, a playoff hope uh, this year. Um, so I, I think they're uh, Lincoln Riley's kind of got out of his way the past week or two uh, to emphasize, you know, perspective on this season and uh, where you come from. Antonio, looking at this USC team, how prepared are they for a UCLA team that's going to pre- really present problems for them defensively? Uh, in this game, th- there's been so many changes in the secondary. Obviously, the return uh, of Eric Gentry is going to be huge for them. But what what do you look at in this game and, and kind of how this season has unfolded for them uh, for USC defensively and, and the unique challenges UCLA uh, presents? Obviously, you have to start with the run game. And this one, that's mm-hmm. UCLA's bread and butter. That's where their strength is. They're the number one team in the nation when it comes down to, to yards per rush. Um, Zach Charbonnet is going to be tough, and I've seen Chip Kelly uh, the past four years uh, kind of dominate this matchup with his running scheme. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Joshua Kelly ran for almost 300 yards against uh, USC. Um, last year, they kind of ran all over USC and put up 62 points on the board. Obviously, this is a new staff, new defensive coordinator, but USC's run defense hasn't really improved. So it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I think they're going to have to put UCLA into third and longs. Um, it's easier said than done. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think Eric Gentry coming back would be a boost. We'll see how I'll see how much he can actually play with, you know, that apparent ankle injury that he suffered against Utah. And mm-hmm. um, the defensive line for USC will really need to step up. I, I think people kind of expected them to get manhandled by Oregon State and Utah and those ground games. But Oregon State, they got some good yardage, but I don't think they really dominated the game with their running game. I think they did a pretty good job, USC did, against Utah. It was more Dalton Kincaid (laughs) in the passing game that hurt them. So, uh, you know, the two times that people were like, oh, USC is going to get mauled, but they really haven't. So it's going to be interesting to see how how they match up with this running attack. You know, one of the things that, you know, Oregon State ran into is you can't play from behind against this USC team. And, and jumping out to an early lead is important. Um, can, 
on on the offensive side, they've been dinged up. They're getting Gentry back, but what does the health look like on the offensive side of the ball, where uh, some of the top targets ha- have been dinged up, and you know they've been thin on the offensive line? Um, but are, are they healthy up front heading into this game as well? Yeah, uh, let's start up front. Andrew Voorhees was back um, practice this week. He missed the Cal game, the All American guard, and then he only played about half of the Colorado game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the first half, didn't play the second half. And, and the same thing went for wide receiver Jordan Addison. Uh, he missed two games and came back for Colorado. And he played the first half, but didn't play the second half. That was obviously, I think, Lincoln Riley said that was part of the plan. Um, both of them have been practicing this week, sp- spoken to the media this week. Um, so I fully expect them to play. The bigger question was Mario Williams and, and his health. Um, Lincoln Riley said today he'll be available. So that kind of opens up and raises the ceiling of the passing game. USC has had receivers who have uh, stepped in and done well. Kyle Ford, Taj Washington, uh, Michael Jackson have, have made plays when Addison and Williams were out. But having those two top guys in Addison and Williams back obviously raises the ceiling um, of this passing game. I, I think the bigger kind of question or help fallout is uh, what – what happens with Travis Dye? Obviously, he's out for the year, but what happens and how they fill that void? Um, Austin Jones obviously a solid running back. He's been a starter in the league before, but I, I think a lot of people are wondering to see what, what Relique Brown, the five-star freshman, uh, might do for USC and how Lincoln Riley will use him. You hit on where I wanted to go next with this is obviously the loss of Travis Dye is tremendous. We saw, or for anybody who didn't see, uh, he had a devastating leg injury that you know, they bring out the cart, the, the air cast, and the entire team comes out, and there's there's tears shed everywhere. He meant so much to this to this university in such a short amount of time. You're not going to be able to replace him in pass pro and just kind of being the really a professional back at a college level, uh, a guy mm-hmm. you can have out there all the time. But Ray League Brown is a guy, while not Travis Dye, um, asking all the things between the tackles, he is a – Probably the closest facsimile that we've seen to a DeAnthony Thomas type guy in college football in the last couple of years. He's devastating in the open field. Is this a a time for Lincoln Riley to go? Hey, we're gonna maybe spread things out a little bit more and, and get him involved in the short pass game. Get him get him into the open field and and have you know him uh, Addison and Williams be just kind of threats on the edge and lean back on his Oklahoma offensive days a bit more. I would think so, especially after seeing how Arizona attacked UCLA's linebackers in space. They did it a couple of times. They found those matchups last week with shiftier slot guys, and they're able to tear off big uh, runs after the catch just because there's speed, and they're able to um, exploit those mismatches. And Relique Brown's a guy who came to USC, and obviously he's played running back, but um, there are some that he would play in the slot as well because he's a really good pass catcher. Um, he hasn't played, he hasn't lined up there much this off season, this season. Um, but I think that's something we could see um, this week. It's been funny because uh, Lincoln Riley, you, you always have the sense he's kind of holding some stuff back play wise, uh, play, play calling wise. And I, I think we saw that against Utah where uh, he had a bunch of new wrinkles, new wrinkles that we didn't see the first six weeks of the season. So, I'm wondering if that's something he might be saving for for this week. 
In your mind, Antonio, um, what does this game come down to for for USC? Um, is it stopping UCLA's run or uh, slowing down that effective pass rush from UCLA? I think, I think honestly, it comes down to. Uh, I think Zach Charbonnet is going to get his yards no matter what. I don't think this running <laughs> is good enough to stop him. I, I think he, he's going to get his yards. He's going to get 180 or whatever he's going to get. I, I think the key is to make DTR win the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, make him beat you as a passer. Uh, I think Arizona had that same kind of philosophy last week. Zach Charbonnet did get 180 um, against them, but they contained DTR and, and kept him in the pocket. Um, and I, I think this USC front is better than Arizona's front. There's a lot of bad defenses in the Pac-12 this year, <laughs> but I think uh, I, I think USC's is uh, USC's defensive front is better than Arizona's, and they were able to keep DTR in the pocket. He, he's thrived and he's been excellent against USC the past couple of years. But I think that's ultimately where it's going to be decided is if there's if they can do it enough to keep him in the pocket and make him beat that defense uh, as a pure pocket passer because. Obviously, Jake Bobo is a good receiver, but uh, these, these receivers at UCLA aren't anything, you know, spectacular or you know, overwhelming. They're not like Arizona's group or something like that. Um, so I, I think that would that's going to help decide this game. Beyond the opportunity to play for a Pac-12 title game, what does this game mean for USC, for Lincoln Riley, for that program, and everything else that's kind of flipped on its head in the last year plus? Yeah, I think it kind of gives them that win that they would be able to hang their hat on. Um, not saying the Oregon State was a bad win or something. That was a, a good win for the program, especially just how many good USC teams have faltered in Corvallis. <laughs> I, I think that was an impressive win. But I, I think they want kind of a signature win. They, it's been one they've been kind of lacking uh, this season in a win against UCLA or Notre Dame, I think would help provide that just because the way – UCLA beat USC last year and the way Notre Dame has kind of owned this series as of late. Um, it's 9-1 and one right now for USC, but I, I think the season gets painted in a much different light if it loses both of these games of these next two weeks with the fans. But obviously, they're happy with where they are, but you lose to UCLA and Notre Dame, and that's tough. So I, I think they need a win in one of these next two weeks, and if they can get the win this week, and secure a spot in the Pac-12 title game. I think that's something for uh, you know USC and Lincoln Riley to hang their head on in year one. Antonio Morales, you can find his work at the Athletic Man. We always appreciate the time. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. No problem. Thanks, guys. There he is, Antonio Morales with the Athletic. This is a big game. This is a big game down <laughs> in the Rose Bowl. What are you telling? This is a. <laughs> I'm going to be a basket of cats this weekend. No way, you? Oh, dude, you listen. This, no way! It is it, I, Danny Morang yeah. is going to overreact to a <clears throat> sporting event. I will. I will. What? What are you new here? Yeah. <laughs> I will hang on every single play. Ah, oh. it is. It is. It is going to absolutely drain me. That's going to be fantastic. I. I hate this. I hate this team. All right, we will. Uh, we will have to do live check-ins with Danny Morang. Do a little live stream this weekend. Yeah. 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 All right. Special thanks to Antonio Morales. Coming up next, they better not. They better not do this. I, I, I may lose it. Okay, we talked about this yesterday. I said you better not. You better not. <laughs> That's right, Jack Black. There is something that the entire world is looking forward to. 
and they may ruin it for us. Mm. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. We talked about this yesterday. It is uh, what the world is wanting and what the world is waiting for. Between uh, uh, today, I think it starts at 4 o'clock and uh, goes until Sunday afternoon. There is a lake effect storm warning in Buffalo, New York. They're expecting between three and six feet of snow, and the Bills are set to host the Cleveland Browns uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. America needs this. Did you see any action last night with Western Michigan and uh, the snow, the snow covered field on ESPNU? I did have it in the on in the background, but I was not watching. It was a thing of beauty. It, it's, it looked like a beautiful little snow globe. It is. It is a wonderful thing. There's nothing. There, no sport looks better in the snow than football. It's. <laughs> Fact, because I don't know. Basketball would be a hell of a thing, wouldn't it? Basketball would be a hell of a thing. I've done it uh, when we had it here, like on my court. That's as close as I've ever come to that. Yeah. When when was that? Was that 2008? We had the big snowstorm? ice here, though. No, no, no. Ice is nothing to be messing around with. When we had the big snowstorm. It was like, oh, wait, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I played a little little basketball in the old old court out front. Well, uh, the NFL wants to ruin... He wants to ruin all of our fun in that... Uh, How they... is this different, first of all? What? How is it different that the No Fun League wants to have no fun? Yeah, I know. And we, we should have seen this coming. Yeah. Um, they are considering moving this game to Detroit. And now, there are conflicting reports out there um, that it has already been done. I have not seen anything official from the National Football League of them moving that game to Detroit. But I want I want football in six feet of snow, damn it. Give Is me that one. too much to ask? They're also considering Listen, just give me the one. I'm not I'm not gonna be greedy. I don't need all six. Just give me one foot. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't really care. Listen, man, I can, I can rip I can, the joy out of this. Yeah, look, 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 give me a snowball fight on the sideline. And what, you want to talk about player safety? They're going to say player safety is a concern. No, it's not. Because <laughs> you know what? The NFLPA listed <laughs> a seven teams that play on turf that it's is like unfit. Yeah. And one of them is Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> the NFLPA doesn't even want to play there. And you know what? Those Buffalo Bills fans, they live for this. Yeah. They love this stuff. Yeah. Let them oh, go out man. there and freeze their butts off on those stands. And and Bill's Mafia this up. I want to see some six foot five, four hundred pound Italian yep. dude from Buffalo jump off the top of a trailer through six feet of snow and into a table. You're damn right. Let let's see this. I want all of it. I want yes. all that smoke. I want all that snow. Give in. And, and they're saying, uh, have you ever heard of thunder snow? N- no. There's a possibility of thunder snow. If I, I, you have my attention. It's apparently just a thunderstorm with snow instead of rain. But like that sounds dangerous, actually. How? Not not the dangerous part. But like, how does this happen? Well, um, weather, precipitation. Oh, okay. Um, like, what's the difference? Thunder. What's the difference? Like, snow. what causes a thunder <laughs> snow? Uh, the same thing that causes a thunderstorm. Are you sure? Except for just colder. Are you sure? No. Okay. I'm assuming science. Yeah. I don't know. L- look, Danny. I learned of this term an hour ago. 
I don't know. No, I, You've I, been I, thunder <laughs> snow. Listen, man, I've lived in very cold places, and I've never heard of thunder snow. Oh man, they uh, they went and on on the Western Michigan game last night. One Western Michigan co-ed, she built a snowman in the stands who's just sitting in, sitting just like a fan. They put a little hat on him and everything, as one does. Yeah, I mean, this would be fantastic. Yes, they, it's what UCLA would dream of. They can dress up all those empty seats as snowmen. <laughs> How many people do you think, would, if this game is played in Buffalo, what percentage of the stadium is, is has people in it? A quarter? Half? I don't know. I watched a playoff game. You remember when the Vikings played the Seahawks? And it, was, it wasn't it was snowing like that. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Blair Walsh missed field goal game, mm-hmm. where people were literally opening beers, and as they were opening beers, they were go, freezing. Yeah. Like, they were freezing Almost instantaneously. Wee. That was like, I, I don't even remember what the temperature was. But if this is like, like if you have 32 degrees, it's just snowing. Yeah, it's not it's not hard. But the thing is, like, getting to and from the game, if yeah. there's that much snow. I will say, they take care of their roads a lot better than we do. They are prepared for it because they have it more than once every seven years. The people of Buffalo will probably snowmobile their way to the game. My question mm. is, there will be more people shirtless at that game than would ever attend a game if it were to be played in Oregon in the snow. That's my stone-cold lock prediction. Oh, I'm, I'm with you 100%. There will be at least 100 shirtless people, and I think if you had that kind of snow here, you wouldn't get 100 people out of no, game. No. Again, when we had that snow in 2008, yeah. I, I got out my ATV. Um, <laughs> here's a fun, stupid story. Uh, I, no way. You have a stupid story to yeah, tell us. I, uh, you getting almost killed. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Uh, I chewed for 20 years. Yep. And when I was chewing, mm-hmm. uh, I ran out during this snowstorm. Mm. And I was like, man, I really need a can of chew. It doesn't sound like a good idea, Danny. So I, I got out my, my quad, my yeah. little 400cc, and got on it and uh, mobbed it about three miles, maybe yep. a bit more, down main roads. Mm-hmm. And a road is like 45, 50, and there's cars like in ditches everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I did that and went down there and got myself an energy drink, a couple cans of chew, <laughs> and then a cop showed up at the gas station. Yeah, and looked at me and was like, "You're going home, right?" Well, I go, "Yeah." It's an emergency situation. Yeah, and he's like, and he did ask, "What did you need?" And I sheepishly pulled gotta, my gotta have a chaw. I pulled my two cans of chew, and he's like, "I get it." Get home. <laughs> he get goes, home. "Get home. Go straight home." Well. Uh, but I did see how fast I could go in the snow, and I was probably I, I had it pegged out. I was probably doing about fifty-five in the snow. That is uh, wildly unsafe, and you could have died. Yeah, absolutely. No helmet, not a uh, full-on, like, this is, like, more of a uh, farm, 4x4, okay. and not a, uh, like... Sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was all-terrain, but we're not we're not talking about a whole lot of travel in those shocks. Oh, man. It was fun. Speaking of cold beer, have you seen uh, Coors Light coming out with a new nail polish? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. What? what is, is, yes. is it silver? Yes, it is silver, yes. and it turns blue if the beer is cold enough to chill the glass and then your hand. The nail, the nail polish changes colors, just like the mountains on the can. That's wonderful. So wait a minute. Now, get just so we're cr- clear on this. They have, I think they have a nail polish where you can put it on and it, it can detect like a uh, rufalin or, you yes. know that? Yeah, you, you can, can dip, you can it, dip in it in your drink and it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll tell turn, you, turn a color. Which is a, a, an incredible. An ingenious <laughs> idea. I mean, those two nail polishes... Those should be what what Life every changers. woman is wearing to the bar. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, what every man is wearing to the bar. Yeah. Rob it, and I got roofied one time. That did happen. What? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we we went to a bar. We met up one night, and both of us like, I I just had one beer, and then I we went our separate ways. We went home. Rob had two, and we when we got home, like uh, we were both just whoop. And he goes, dude, did you? And we both woke up with the worst hangovers ever. Mm. Don't remember anything. Don't remember like anything. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one beer. Was this a situation where Rop was trying to roofie you and, no. he, and he accidentally roofied both No, drinks? no. Like, we both, like, it was... Oh, was so scary. you're the serial predator. Scary you were You were trying to roofie Rop. No, no. I don't know what happened, mm-hmm. but that was... That that sucked. All right, but we got to go. Goodness gracious, oh, we yeah. are over. 503-250-1080. That is a fan text line. Um, all right. Look, the Raiders are a mess right now. But it's not as bad as you think. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.